Good morning, River Church. Uh, welcome to the service this morning. I hope that you are all uh, at home and happy and healthy and, and have had breakfast and are ready to worship with us this morning. We invite you to spend the next hour or so with us as we worship God, as we look into the scriptures, and as we uh, try to treat this as, as close to a, an actual church service as possible. So we invite you to sing along, to, to worship along with us as, as we worship, to, to, to close your eyes and raise your hands and enter in just like you would uh, if you were here. Um, we, we invite you to share this uh, video with your friends. We invite you to comment in the comment section. We're going to be having a time of prayer. If, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to put that in uh, during the worship, uh, during the time of worship, and we'll pray for that uh, together. So won't you join us now? as we worship the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I pray that your spirit would be here with us. God, that, that you would use us today. God, I pray that if there are those uh, within the sound of my voice, Lord, that, that need lifting up or, or, or need healing or need salvation, God, before this, before this uh, service is over, God, that you would lift them up and that you would bring them home and that you would touch, touch their lives and bring healing to their hearts and to their lives. I thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
decided to follow Jesus No turning back, no turning back I've had decided to follow Jesus No turning back, no turning back The cross, the cross before me The world behind me No turning back, no turning back The cross before me The world behind me No turning back No turning back And Christ is enough for me Christ is enough for me Everything I need is in you. Everything I need in Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need I've had decided To follow Jesus No turning back No turning back I've had decided To follow Jesus No turning back No turning back count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out working all things out oh yes I will Working all things out, working all things out. Oh, yes, I will. 
lift you high in the lowest valleys. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will. Choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing could stand against. And I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing could stand against. And I choose to praise, to glorify. I glorify the name of all names that nothing could stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing could stand against. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valleys. Yes, I will. Bless your name, oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days, oh yes, I will for all my days, oh yes, I will for all my days, oh yes, I Every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder Show me who you are and fill me With your heart and lead me In your love to those around me every song we could ever sing 
worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. in you alone and I will not be shaken and I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you With your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Thank the Lord. Let's let's sing that song one more time. Let's start with I will build my life. And just sing it at home where you are and commit that you're going to build your life. You're going to put your hopes. You're going to put your dreams. You're going to put your faith in Jesus on that firm foundation. You're not going to let fear dictate your life. You're not going to let worry uh, dictate the person that you are. But you're going to build your life on Jesus. Won't you sing with us at home as Bo and, and Isaac and, and Jeremy play and sing for us again. Let's sing that one more time. I will build my life. I will put my trust in Jesus alone. Uh, we, Lord, we commit our lives to you this morning. God, we commit ourselves to you. God, we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. We put our faith in you today and in you alone. Lord, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. God, we trust you today. God, we worship you this morning. God, we help us, God, to turn our worry over to you. Let's sing that one more time. 
I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken, and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And Lord, this morning we bring all the needs to you, Lord all the needs of the people, Lord, the needs that have been coming in. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, I pray for my brother Derek Corson. God, I pray that you would touch him. God, continue to do a work in his body. God, I pray for a healing in his body. Lord, I pray for, for Mary this morning, God, that you would continue to work on her behalf. God, that you would continue to work and touch her. God, help her as she recovers. God, I pray, uh, God, for a full recovery. Lord, I pray for Rhonda this morning, God. I pray that you would touch her, God, as she's facing treatment, God, that you would uh, touch her, God, give her a healing in her body. Lord, I pray for Amy and Owen this morning, God. I pray that you would touch them. Lord, I pray for Terry this morning, God, that you would give her a touch in her body. God, I pray for for uh, Linda Ships this morning, that you would continue the work that you are doing in her. I pray for Ralph this morning, God, that you would touch him. God, that you would continue to work on him. God, that as, as his kidneys continue to respond, Lord, that you would continue the work in his body. God, I pray for a complete and total healing, complete restoration. Lord, I pray for uh, Presley's family. Lord, I pray that you would touch her and touch them. Lord, I pray for Christy this morning. God, I pray for a healing in her body. God, I pray that you would lift her up and that you would heal her. Lord, I pray for Earl this morning. God, I pray that you would touch him. God, give him a touch this morning. God, I pray for uh, Joey this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, as they've requested prayer, Lord, they have respiratory problems. They have, a, they, they have other needs, God, that they need you to intervene. God, I pray that you would just touch them. Lord, I pray for this morning for, for the kids in, of our community who are not in school right now, God. Some of them might not have enough to eat. God, I pray that you would just touch them, meet their needs. God, I pray that you would provide for them. God, I pray for the leaders of our communities. God, as they make decisions, Lord, I pray that you would uh, help them to be wise, help them to uh, give them guidance, help them to turn to you and to look into you for guidance. God, I pray for our healthcare workers. God, I pray for protection over them. God, I pray that you would bless them as they as they endeavor, Lord, to, to fight the good fight. God, I pray for, Lord, as they are the, the nurses and the doctors, Lord, as they are the healers among us. God, I pray that you would give them strength and God, that you would protect them. God, I pray for those in our community, Lord, who might uh, be affected by the virus. God, I pray for healing. God, I pray that, that it would not uh, bring about destruction to them. God, that God, that, that you would heal them, God, that they would recover. I thank you for it, Lord. I pray that you would be with us in these next few moments, Lord. 
Lord, as we look into your scripture, as we try to find something in there, try to find strength in there, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would use this, this Facebook live service, God, to bless people today. God, to lift people up. I thank you for it. And in Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. God is good. The Lord is good to us. Um, this is normally the time when we uh, take the offering, so I'm going to ask uh, uh, Pastor Walker to put on the screen. The, the, there's different ways to give. I know a lot of people are struggling right now um, financially, and, and I just want you to know that the church is still being the church. Just because we're not meeting together, we're still being the church. Just uh, two days ago, we delivered a refrigerator to a family who was in need, who, who had uh, seven children living in the house and didn't have a working refrigerator. And we delivered uh, a refrigerator to them. Uh, we're going to be taking food to them. We have people delivering uh, food to, to people who are not getting out, to, to some of our older members who are not getting out. We have people delivering them food. So just know that the church is still being the church, even though we're not getting together like we, like we usually do. Uh, we just ask that you uh, ask the Lord what he would have you to do. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless your people as they give. Lord, I thank you uh, that you are faithful. God, I pray that you would work and move, God. God, not so that we can have bigger, better things, but God, so that we can still reach out into our community. God, we, we have a community that's hurting right now, and, and we, have, we have the hope of Jesus Christ. And God, we want to be able to reach out and to offer that. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Uh, I will make this announcement. We normally serve at the food kitchen on the first Friday of the month. Um, we are not serving this um, Friday, but we will still be serving. Um, so contact Jane Swales, those of you who normally uh, help with the food kitchen. Contact her. She will get the information to you. Um, it's only 16 years and older now that they're allowing to serve because of some of the restrictions that are going on right now. But, but we do need your help. Um, so contact Jane if you would, if you're interested in, in helping prepare food or, or helping serve, and she will get you the details on, on what that entails. Um, at this time, well, this is normally when I dismiss Children's Church, but again, we don't have, I mean, I guess these guys are all kids to me, so I'll go ahead and dismiss them. Thanks, gentlemen, for your uh, fantastic work. Uh, God is good. Again, this is very awkward. Uh, standing in front of an empty church, uh, but we're going to get through it together. I imagine it's also quite awkward looking at me on your device or your TV screen or however you're viewing it this morning. Um, the Lord is good, though. The Lord is good. Um, I felt like between last Sunday and Wednesday sometime, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me through a passage of Scripture, um, but I did not know that 
Pastor Walker had recorded a devotional and released, I knew he recorded a devotional, I did not know what it was about until he released it on Wednesday, and it was the same scripture that I had, um, so I wasn't going to talk about that, because uh, I didn't want to uh, step on his toes or re-preach his message, but I, I talked to him, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of taking different angles, his was very good, it was about the peace that, that comes from Christ, and how we, we can have peace, um, in, even in the storm, and how that peace is just as close as the words he used were just as close as your cell phone, and most of us, you know, keep our cell phone pretty close. So I would encourage you to go back and watch that. Um, it was posted on Wednesday on our Facebook page. But I, 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 too, am taking from the same passage of Scripture found in the book of Mark. Um, as I've mentioned before in my personal devotion right now, I'm in the book of Mark. I'm, I'm slowly getting through um, the book of Mark. So, I'm going to read to you Mark 4, 35 through 41. And it says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. And it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Lord, we thank you for your holy scripture. Lord, I pray in these next few moments as we look into this story and try to pull some things out, God, that you would speak to us through through uh, the scripture. God, I pray that you would illuminate our minds, open up our hearts to receive from you today. Lord, I pray that you would change us. Uh, today by the power of your scripture and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And as I already mentioned, I'm going through the book of of Mark in my personal devotion. And and, and as I look at these seven scriptures, and as I was looking at them this week, I, I noticed the questions that were asked. Questions asked by the disciples. Questions asked by Jesus. And so I want to look at the questions this morning that are asked in this passage of scriptures, in these seven scriptures. I want to look at these questions. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer them all, but I'm going to look at them. Let's look at them together. If you have your Bibles at home, uh, follow along. And we're going to look at these uh, questions one at a time. Now, when Jesus asks, asks them, that's actually two questions, but I believe that the, his second question is attached to his first question. So, so when we cover the question that Jesus asked, we'll cover both of those. <clears throat> the first question, though, that I want to look at is the one asked by the disciples. And, and what I like to do when I read passages of Scripture, I like to try to put myself in the story. 
I like to try to, how would I have responded? How would I have acted uh, under the same situations? And so, as we, as we look at these questions, ask yourself that. They're in a boat. They're in a, they're in a fishing boat. In 1986, a fishing boat was found at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. It is believed that it was this type of boat that the disciples would have had and used in the time of Jesus. This boat was 26 feet uh, long and could fit roughly, uh, and about seven feet wide, and could fit roughly about 15 people. That is the size of the boat that they would have been in. And when Mark is describing the storm that comes up, the language that he uses is, is used to describe hurricane-type winds. So although this would have been a decent-sized boat, it was not built to sustain the type of winds that they were encountering. I was on a lake one time, and a storm came up. I was on a lake with my Uncle Jonathan. I have two different um, life-threatening situations that happened on a lake with my Uncle Jonathan. In one situation, he had a great idea. We were in Connecticut. He wanted to swim across this lake because he knew some people who lived on the other side who had a boat, and they would give us a ride back. Well, we swam across the lake. They weren't home, so we had to swim back, and I almost died of exhaustion in the middle of the lake. That's a true story. <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell him I was about to die, but I felt like a couple different times I was like, it's just not worth it anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to go under. But that's not the time I'm talking about. Another time we were, on, uh, we were at Lake Palm de Tar in Missouri. I, I probably couldn't take you there if I had to. I was probably 13, 14, and we were camping there, and we decided to go rent a boat. Well, in my mind, I thought, oh, we're going to go rent a boat, you know, like a speedboat, or, I mean, I'm picturing, um, you know, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd in the great outdoors, you know, in a speedboat, or, or, or some real nice, you know, luxurious-looking boat. Well, what we ended up getting, they only had one boat left, and I, I tried to find some pictures of that, uh, from that vacation, I couldn't find them, but the only, the, the best way I can describe this boat to you, if you've ever seen the movie Splash, and when Tom Hanks is being taken um, out to the place where he met the mermaid when he was a kid, he's there in this little boat that breaks down, and I, I sent a picture to Pastor Walker, I think he has it up there, and this is about the size boat that, that I was in with my uncle, when this storm came, and I mean to tell you, I've, I've been to the ocean, and I've seen waves at the ocean. I've never seen waves on a lake like we saw that day. And, and we decided we better go back, and we're going across this lake, and we're hitting the waves and that tiny little boat, and we're jumping and, and bouncing. I, I fall on top of our styrofoam cooler that's full of stinky bait and smash it, uh, uh, obliterate it, and now we have stinky bait everywhere and water at our feet, and it was just this horrific experience, and I was scared to death. And that's my experience on a boat. So when I read this story of the disciples, I can put myself a little bit in there of the time that I was in a tiny boat and felt like I was going to die on a lake. And so they're on this, they're on this boat, and they the, the first question that we find is, uh, teacher, don't you care that we're about to die, that we're about to drown? Don't you care that we're about to drown? 
I mean, after all, it was Jesus' idea to get in the boat. At the beginning of the the passage I just read to you, it says that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And the storm comes up, and water starts filling the boat. Uh, Luke's account of this story says that they were in great danger. And here's Jesus at the back of the boat with his my pillow, cozied up, sleeping. It says he had his head on a cushion and was asleep. And they wake him up and say, don't you care? After all, Jesus, this was your idea. You're the one who told us to get in the boat. We're about to die. Water was coming into the boat. They needed all hands on deck. And they, they did have all hands on deck, throwing water out of, the, out of the boat. They had all hands except for one set. And that was the set of hands of the ones who, who could actually do something about it. And Jesus is asleep. This cry to me, don't you care that we're about to drown, sounds a lot like the psalmist in Psalm 44, 23 through 26. Wake up, O Lord. Why do you sleep? Get up. Do not reject us forever. Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our suffering and oppression? We collapse in the dust, lying face down in the dirt. Rise up. Help us. Ransom us because of your unfailing love. The psalmist says something similar. God, why won't you rise up? Why won't you wake up and save us? Why won't you rescue us? And some of you might find yourself asking similar questions of God right now. Even if you aren't uh, directly affected by the disease that is uh, spreading around the world right now, you are affected in some way, your job or your schooling or your work. You have been affected. Maybe you've been laid off from work. Maybe you're short on food. Maybe you're concerned about family. Maybe you're concerned about your retirement. Maybe you won't be able to retire on time now because of what's happened to your 401k. Maybe you're concerned about the economy. Maybe you find yourself saying, wake up, Lord. Don't you care that we are drowning? God, why is this happening? Have you ever found yourself asking God that? I have. And let me say this. I believe that it's okay to ask God questions like that. I believe that it's okay to ask God questions, to question him. The psalmist asked these kinds of questions. The prophets would ask these questions. How long, O Lord, was their cry? The disciples asked him these questions. Don't you care that we're about to drown? Even Jesus cried out, why have you forsaken me? Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus tells us over and over to take up our cross and follow him. Being crucified with Christ means many things. Taking up your cross uh, can mean many things, but sometimes it means being unjustly sentenced to death, beaten beyond recognition, forced to carry your own instrument of execution, struggling for every breath, looking up to the heavens at the ninth hour and crying, why have you forsaken me? We don't teach that in discipleship class. We don't teach that very often from the pulpit, that that sometimes is what it means to take up your cross. We sometimes think bearing our cross means, oh, if a visitor comes in and sits in our spot in in church, we're not going to throw a fit. And some of us can't even handle that cross. 
But sometimes it means actually bearing a cross like Christ did. And crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes Jesus wakes up just in the nick of time and gets up and says, peace be still, and your boat is saved. And that happens, and we pray for that, and we ask for that. But I want to speak for just a moment to those who've lost their boats, whose boats sank. I want to speak for a moment to those whose marriage collapsed, whose child didn't get well, who lost the house, who went bankrupt, whose parents weren't there for them, who were hurt by those who should have loved them and protected them. And you have asked, God, where were you? Don't you care about me? Why have you forsaken me? We talk about the miracles of God, and we talk about the times that he does step in, and he does step in. But sometimes he doesn't rescue us. Sometimes he doesn't save the day. What about those times? What about those times? In late 2002 through early 2003, my wife and I were expecting our second child. We had picked names. We'd started working on a nursery. We had talked to our oldest about what it would be like to be a big sister and what that was going to look like. We were excited. We had told family. We had told friends. Then we started having complications with the pregnancy. I prayed. I cried. I, I, did, all, I, did, I did everything I knew to do. I pulled out the, the name it and claim it tricks even. I'm not a name it and claim it guy, but I even pulled them out. I started calling things that, that were not as though they were. The church prayed. Everybody I knew prayed. And we lost that child. God didn't answer my prayer. I had so many questions. So many questions for God. And there was no scripture that was comforting to me for, for a period of time. All the memorized miracles of Jesus seemed to mock me. All the memorized scriptures that I had memorized seemed to, to laugh in my face. But yeah, he didn't help you when you prayed. I was broken. I was broken for a while. Our world was shattered. <clears throat> and what I'm about to, I've, I've shared some of that story before church, but what I'm about to share, I've never shared with anyone. On the, on the original due date they gave us for that child, on the, the due date, the day that we had been told this child would arrive, I, uh, I wrote a poem, and I'm not going to read you the whole poem this morning because it's probably not very good. But the poem started like this. Today is the day they said you would come. Why aren't you here? And then it goes on and on to what could have been or what might have been. And at the very end of that poem, 
is just this word over and over, the word why. Why? Why? God, why? And as I wrote, as I wrote out that poem, as I wrote those words, God, why? What, what began to echo in my mind were the words of Christ as he hung on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, as I, as I was echoing the words of Christ and I heard him echoing those same words back to me, in those words I found comfort. That even though I didn't get the answer that I wanted, even though I didn't get the prayers, uh, even though he did not heal and he did not do what I asked him to do, and he did not answer in the way that I wanted him to, I understood in that moment that he knew what it felt like to ask why. I knew in that moment that, that he could feel my pain. And so I, to this day, I've never, I've never gotten a satisfactory answer in prayer of why things happened the way they did and why my prayers weren't answered. But what, what helped heal me was knowing that Jesus suffered the same, that Jesus had the same questions. We're told by the writer of Hebrews that we have a high priest who is uh, moved by the feelings of our infirmities, that he understands what, it's, what we're going through. Peter tells us that he has suffered everything the same way that we have suffered them. Jesus feels your pain. Jesus understands your grief. Jesus is with you in your suffering. He is with you. He does not always rescue you out of it, but he won't abandon you in it. He will walk right beside you. And so if you have questions this morning, if you're questioning him, God, where are you? Don't you care that we're about to drown? Know this. That sometimes he shows up just in time and saves the day. But sometimes we have to walk through hard times. But even though we're walking through hard times, we are not alone. He is right there with you. He's on that couch crying with you. He's in your bed crying with you. He's in your prayer closet crying with you. He feels your pain. He hears you. He understands you. We don't always get the answer. That we want. But, but we can be comforted in knowing that he is with us, suffering with us when we suffer. And then we have to trust that in the end, when all things are made right, and God is through being God, that we will look and say, God is good. When God is done speaking over that situation, I will look and say, God is good. God has not done everything that God's going to do yet. God has done everything in Christ that he uh, is going to eventually do for all of us. But we are waiting in expectation for that day. And when that day comes, then we will be able to say, God is good all the time. We say it now sometimes in protest of what we're facing and what we're going through. In spite of what we're walking through, we declare prophetically, God is good. In spite sometimes of what we're walking through. But on that day, when God makes all things right, we will know that he is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. So the first question was, God, don't you care that we're about to drown? And my answer is, yes, God cares. God is with you. God is in the boat with you. Jesus didn't jump out of the boat. If that boat was going down, Jesus was going down with it. And if you're going down, 
He's going down with you. He's not going to uh, abandon you. He will not abandon you. Don't you care that we're about to drown? Yes, he cares. He's in the boat. He's in the boat. Go wake him up. Question number two. Jesus wakes up then. They go and they wake Jesus up. And I told you, if you were looking for a great answer for that first question, um, I'm sorry, I, I know I didn't answer it completely for you. There are questions that we aren't going to always get answered. We aren't always going to have answers. There comes a level of trust sometimes that we have to have faith and we have to have trust. And we'll get to that. <clears throat> question number two, why are you afraid? Jesus wakes up, calms the storm. He says, why are you afraid? On the surface, this looks like a silly question. Uh, look around, Jesus. The, water's, or the boat's full of water. What do you mean, why are we afraid? But you see, Jesus had been trying to get his disciples to trust him and to have faith in him, regardless of the circumstances surrounding them. In Matthew's account of this story, it comes right after Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship. The cost of following Jesus. We talked a little bit about that this morning. Over and over, they are in, put in situations where it's difficult to trust. And in these times that we are living in right now, you might find it difficult to trust. It's okay to question, like I said, it's okay to ask questions. But, but on the heels of your question needs to come faith and trust. It's okay to ask God questions. It's okay to question circumstances and, and ask him, where are you and, and why is this happening? But on the heels of those questions need to come faith and trust. Look at Jesus in the garden. Is there another way? It's a question for God. It's a question for the Father. But what does he follow it with? Not my will, but thine be done. A question comes from the cross. Why have you forsaken me? Then the last words of Christ, into thine hands I commend my spirit. After the questioning comes the trust. It's okay to, to question, but we must have faith and trust in God. Even in the face of the economy, even in the face of disease, even in the face of shortages of supplies, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. Jesus says to them, why were you so afraid? And then he says, what has happened to your faith? Or do you still have no faith? They had more faith in the devastation, devastating power of the storm than they had in Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm afraid that some of our Christians today and some of our churches today, we have more faith in the storm that's coming than we have in Jesus. We have more faith in the, in the storm that is, taking, is sweeping over the world, that is sweeping over uh, our country, our state. We have more faith in that than we do in Jesus. And that was the problem with the disciples here, is that they, they really believed that that storm was going to kill them. They weren't so sure about this guy in the boat who looked like he was asleep. Do you have more faith in the storm? Do you have more faith in disease? Do you have more faith in uh, the devastating things that are happening around us? Or is your faith in Jesus? 
Why are you so afraid? Over 300 times in Scripture, there's uh, different versions of God saying, Fear not or do not be afraid. We have nothing to fear. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Even if, even if I'm taken out of this world, to, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If my worst fears come upon me, it's gain. We have nothing to fear. And, and we talked about it last week, about trusting God. We have to trust God. We have to put our trust in God. Walker talked about it in, in, in his uh, message on Wednesday. That we can have peace even in these troubled times. We have to put our faith and trust in God. Don't let your life be run by fear. I don't want to re-preach my message from last week. But that was a big point, was trust God. Don't have more faith in the coming storm than you do in your uh, Savior, than you do in your Lord Jesus Christ. Don't have more faith in the disease than you do the healer. Why are you afraid? Jesus asked. I'm in the boat with you. Why are you afraid? I'm here. Why are you afraid? I'm in your boat. Another place Jesus says, consider the lilies, how they don't sew or knit or make any kind of clothing. And look how well they're clothed. Then he says, if God takes care of the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, he's going to take care of you. Don't be afraid. Why are you so afraid? Jesus is in the boat. Don't be afraid. In this time of great fear, be different. In this time of people only looking out for themselves and stockpiling for themselves, be different. Don't be ruled by fear. Don't be ruled by fear. Why are you so afraid? What has happened to your faith? Let your faith arise. Let faith rise. And I talked about it last week, how that in difficult times, um, difficult Time sometimes is very fertile soil for your faith growing. Let your faith grow at this time, not shrink. Question number three. What kind of man is this? The disciples ask. After Jesus calms the winds and calms the storm, the disciples say, what kind of man is this? Oftentimes, true encounters with God leave us asking that question. We think that we have God figured out most of the time. We think we've got Jesus figured out most of the time. We put him in this little box. We have this little formula. We, we say repeat after me when people say they want to get to know God. We give them this repeat after me prayer. Close your eyes, raise your hand. Uh, yes, I see that hand routine. Yes, I see that hand, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Walker is finally getting saved. All of your prayers have been answered, church family. Uh, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, we think we've got God figured out. You know that Jesus never said everybody, with, Jesus never, these words never came out of Jesus' mouth with no one looking around and all heads bowed and all eyes closed. Repeat after me. He never said it. You know what he did say though? Why didn't he say that? Because that's easy. It's easy to repeat a prayer. 
You know what it's hard to do? It's hard to drop everything and follow him. And that's what he asks of us. He says, drop everything and come after me. Oh, well, I, I need to go do this and I need to go do that. And he's like, no, drop everything and come after me. That's what discipleship is. That's what it is to follow Jesus. And that's what he asks of us. And we formulate... We bring it down to this formula. And we, we try to make it easy for people. And then we wonder why when hard times come, and, and, and like the scripture of the, of, the, of the seed that is strewn, they, they sprout up with great joy, but then when trials come and temptations come, they're choked out by the thorns. It's because we haven't given them good soil. We've just thrown seed and said, oh, repeat after me, say this prayer. Ooh, ha, ah, another one in the kingdom. Yes, yes, discipleship starts somewhere, and, and a sinner's prayer is a great place to start. But Jesus just said, drop everything and follow me. And that's what he asks of us. Oftentimes, encounters with God, true encounters with the true God, the true Christ, will leave us saying, who is this? What kind of man is this? And that's where the disciples found themselves. They, 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 they knew Jesus a little bit. They had seen him um, heal the leper. They saw him heal the guy that got dropped in from the roof. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him heal the man with the withered hand in the temple. But it was somehow this that caused them to say that? Who, what kind of guy is this? It wasn't them seeing him heal a leper that brought this out of them? They thought they knew Jesus. But now when he steps into their storm and saves them and saves their lives and saves their boat and calms their storm and brings peace to their life, then they step back and say, wow, what kind of guy is this? Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? What kind of man is this? I challenge you this morning to press in to Jesus, to get to know Jesus, the real Jesus, the Jesus that we find in the Gospels, the Jesus that we find in this story, the Jesus who says if you want to, to gain life, then you must lose it, who says, yeah, you want to follow me? That's great. Take up your cross and follow me. Not the easy Jesus that's being pushed by, by a lot of places and a lot of churches. And, and yes, Jesus does say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, those are true. We come to Jesus. He does take our burdens. But following the path that he blazed for us is not always easy. Following the path of sacrificial love, of loving your enemies, of loving your neighbor, of doing good to those who are evil to you. That's not easy. That takes true commitment. That takes more than just, oh Lord, save me. Take care of my, build me a mansion just over the hillside. I want a gold one that's silver lined, my least favorite hymn in the history of hymns. I want a gold one that's silver lined? <laughs> Seriously? I just want to get in. I just want to be in the presence of Christ. That's all I care about. I don't care about a mansion over the hillside. What was I talking about? 
They thought they knew Jesus, but this encounter with God left them with more questions than answers. And sometimes encounters with true God will leave you with questions, more questions than answers. And that's okay. We don't have to have it all figured out. We just have to trust him. We have to trust him. We don't have to have it all figured out of why things happen or why God allowed this to happen or why God didn't step in and why sometimes he steps in and heals and sometimes he doesn't. That's not our job to try to figure out. Our job is to trust him. And that's what we have to do. What kind of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? All right, my final point. I promised myself I was going to keep this to an hour, but or the whole, not just my message an hour, the whole service to an hour, but we'll be close. I don't want you to miss this point in the, in the scripture. Uh, Mark, uh, Pastor, if you could, uh, Walker, if you could put that back up, the Mark 4, 35 through 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. And then in parentheses, although other boats followed, and that's all I want to take out of there. The boat that the disciples were in, Jesus got up and calmed the storm and brought peace. But because he brought peace to them, peace was brought to the boats around them. Right? It's time to wake Jesus up in your boat. Time to stir the faith in you. It's time to put your faith in him and your trust and your hope in him. It's time to not be afraid and to not fear and to have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring peace around us, to bring peace to the waters that we're in so that the the boats that are traveling around us will have peace. We're waiting on Jesus to wake up in the boat and he's waiting on us to have faith. Some of you might remember my, uh, my Christmas message where I said, how is Jesus going to get to the world around you? And, and, and we talked about that. How, how is Jesus going to get to get to your neighbor, get to our city? And I said, we're going to take him. That's how he's going to get there. And how is peace going to come to the storm in your neighborhood? How are the boats and the water around you going to make it safely? The faith of Jesus Christ is going to be awakened in you And you are going to, through the strength that you have in Christ, bring peace wherever you go. You are going to be a calming effect on people. You are going to bring peace wherever you go. As Christ wakes up in you, as you awaken, by the way, Christ is not asleep in you, but sometimes our faith in him falls asleep, and that needs to be awakened. With all that's being shaking around us now, all the pain that's going on, I believe that something is being birthed. You know, when when babies are born, there's a lot of pain involved. I don't know firsthand, but I was there. (laughs) There's a lot of pain involved. And I believe that right now, there's being birthed in the world will either, either be fear or faith. But it won't be both. It can't be both. Both cannot be birthed in you. Fear and faith cannot both come from you. Your mind cannot be filled with both fear and faith. James tells us, does salt water and fresh water come from the same fountain? No, it doesn't. 
Fear and faith cannot both fill your mind. You'll, you'll give in to one, but you cannot, both cannot exist in your mind. So what is being birthed in us right now? What's being birthed in you right now through these pains? I pray that it's faith and not fear. John 20, 19 through 22 says this. The disciples were, were uh, they had locked in. They were afraid. We're going to see that they were afraid. But I want to look at Jesus' words to them. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them his wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He's sending you, River Church, into this world that is turned upside down right now. He's sending you to, to this world who is afraid, who doesn't know what's coming next, who doesn't know which way to turn. He is sending you. You need to be that peace. He speaks peace over us, and then we carry that peace with us. We need to be that peace, and we need to go as he sends us. He is sending us to be peace right now. He's asking us to be peace, us to bring the, the faith and the peace and not the fear. So what is being birthed in you? I pray that it is faith and not fear. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to end with a, with a song. The first, the first question that we discussed was, God, don't you care that we're going through this? Don't you care that we're about to drown? And just I want you to be comforted this morning knowing that no matter what you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. He, he feels your pain. He's, he understands the grief that you're going through. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is right there with you. The second question is, why are you so afraid? I, I pray that you ask yourself that this morning. I pray that you reflect on that this morning. Reflect on the question that Jesus asked his disciples. Why are you so afraid? And what has happened to your faith? Fear and faith cannot coexist. And I pray that you reflect on those questions this morning. Let your faith build. Let your faith rise. And then what kind of man is this? This Jesus of Nazareth. He's the kind of man that brings peace into dark situations. He's the kind of man that will bring peace into your heart right now. And if you're at home right now and you are not a follower of Christ, I invite you to just tell him that you want to follow him. To just confess with your mouth, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I love you. Lord, help me to abandon everything and to follow after you. Help me to follow hard after you, Jesus. Help me to follow you this morning. Jesus is the kind of man that will bring peace even in the, the worst situations so that you can take peace with you wherever you go and so that you can be the peace of Christ so that you can carry him to others I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing as our benediction what I pray for 
the River Church this morning. Lord, I pray for your people. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would let faith rise up in them. God, if they're going through a hard time, if they're suffering this morning, God, I pray that you would let them know that you're there to comfort them. God, let them feel your Holy Spirit comforting them. Lord, even as I pray, God, let them feel your arms wrapped around them. Go to them, Lord, now. Comfort them. Let them find peace and joy in knowing that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, I pray that we would reflect upon our own lives this morning, that we would look at our own uh, selves and see how we're acting. Are we living out of fear? Are we living out of faith? Is faith rising up in in us? Is faith being birthed in us? Or is it fear that's being birthed in us? God, I pray that we would uh, give in to to faith and not fear. God, that we would put our trust in you. Lord, I pray that we would uh, commit ourselves once again to following hard after you. God, that we would follow hard after you. God, that, that we would commit ourselves today to follow your words, your instructions. God, the path that you blaze for us. God, the way that you walk. God, may we walk in those ways. And may we find out what kind of man is this, this Jesus of Nazareth. May we, may we find you. May we seek you. May we seek to know you. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to those who are watching. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon them. God, let your blessings go, uh, go upon them. God, go with them wherever they go, whatever they do. God, that your hand would be upon them. God, we speak peace over them. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together one more time as our benediction. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. From my enemies Till all my fears are gone And I'm no longer a slave to fear But I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to child of God From my mother's womb you have chosen me love has called my name I've been born again into a family. Your blood flows through my veins. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. Oh, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. 
child of God. Oh, I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. But I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God.